Extreme Anime Radio. Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Now streaming at twitch.tv slash extreme anime radio. With podcasts powered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash anime radio. Please note that our live shows are available to view on Twitch. However, portions of the audio recordings may be edited prior to podcast release. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio podcast in general. We appreciate your understanding and thank you for your support. city in the world broadcasting to fans of anime and j-pop culture all around the world it is the one and only extreme anime radio podcast it is the 19th of may 2021 i had to think about that for a second i don't know why i'm jr and he's neff hello sir good evening now was it you had to think about the date the year the year yeah, the year <laughs> because i noticed you have beside behind you a background of what appears to be a fall fair uh, that would be the Brighton Palace Pier, and there's a reason I have that, but uh, go on. Okay, I was going to say, because if it's a fall fair, we've already been told there ain't no going to be no fall fairs here in Ontario. Ooh. C&E got canceled again, along with everything else over the summer, the indie, all of it. Right. So it's like, <sighs> line up and get your shots, people. <laughs> I want to go back to normal real, real bad. Yeah. Um, no, the reason I have uh, Brighton Palace Pier behind me is uh, uh, a mark of respect to our current Jackbox champion, Kesho Cho, who will be joining us tonight to defend her title. Ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> means I better be on my game. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, we played, uh, we had a lot of players last week, so we ended up playing Bracketeering. Uh, I think we had nine and, uh, yeah, Kesho Cho stole the show right at the very end, I think. Yeah, bracketeering is great for large groups because I've played it with other with others when it's like a full 16, mm -hmm. and it gets crazy. Oh, yeah, I would bet, especially, yeah. Especially as you're trying to predict how certain votes will go. 
And by the end of it, you're just throwing you're just throwing your head against the wall going, nothing makes sense. I'll just pick this one instead of that one. <laughs> but uh, no, um, she will be joining us uh, for tonight's uh, Jackbox gameplay. Um, oh, wait a minute. I see somebody lurking in the chat. Who could that be? Oh, it's Keshocho. Hi, Keshocho. <laughs> Uh-oh, the champion's coming early to scope out the competition. Yes. Um, and it's uh, it's 1 in the morning over there right now on Thursday. So, Keshocho, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Not only for your help uh, helping us out and with your help with the cosplay and also art of our mascot, Sarayoshida, but thank you also for staying up so late. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, since I haven't had proper AC until today, because they just turned on the system today, I have gotten in the last three, four days, maybe uh, about six hours of decent sleep. Because I live in a giant concrete box, you understand, which doesn't give up heat. (laughs) Which means as it gets warmer in these parts, finally, uh, you're looking at a nighttime sleeping temperature of about uh, 76 to 78 Fahrenheit. Nighttime. Nighttime. With no breeze. Yeah. Well, you used to have a breeze until they built all the other buildings around you pretty much, right? Well, when they finally finish them all, we'll have a built-in hurricane. But that's for (laughs) a number of years down the road. I I make the constant joke all the time with Neff, Saints Row joke, that Neff lives in Steelport. Because you look at where he lives and all of the uh, high-rise apartment buildings going up all over the place. Yeah, and in fact, I've been running the system in here at full tilt, basically, with full fan and full cold since I realized, hey, I'm getting cold air. I had to crank it back down mm-hmm. because for this because, of course, there'd be a lot of unintended background noise. Ah! ah. <laughs> Sorry, old joke. Old joke. I'm going to keep using it because oddly enough, on my Facebook uh, timeline the other day, I got a reminder about a background noise show from eight years ago. Oh, boy. Wasn't that one of your first? It would have been like year two or three, maybe. Something like that. So close enough. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, holy archaeology, Batman. (laughs) Um, meanwhile, while I've got the bright Pier in the background, uh, Beta in the chat room seems to have hit it on the head with your background. We caught you mid-summon tonight. No, you've actually summoned me, but that me- that means as a master, you don't have E-rank luck. You have triple Z-rank luck. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who are listening on the podcast, what is your background? Okay, my background is the summoning area in Fade Grand Order, the Chilean Sphere, and essentially I am literally right in the middle of it, meaning in theory I have been summoned. Mm. And again, when you are summoned as a servant to your master, you obey your master to the point of death. Since I can do almost nothing as a servant, I'd be more (laughs) useless than... And I'm trying to think of the most useless servant I can think of. Because even Matahari, as physically weak as she is, she has infiltration, seduction skills, etc., and I got none of that. <laughs> somebody said Ontario government, and somebody else said you're more useful than the angry mango. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
that's a low bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'll, but a sentient cockroach would be better off than the angry mango. <laughs> but you know, huh. yep. Hello, Caldeth. Uh, oh, and also, Flax, thank you uh, for your resubscription to tier number two. Um, Flax J, uh, I hope will join us uh, tonight, like he's done the last few weeks. Um, he's one of our supporters in our Discord chat, and that will take me quickly to some Discord news. Um, we're doing in our Discord server what a lot of other Discord servers are doing, where if you are to join our Discord server, we have a rules page, and if you react to that rules page, then you get access to the server. So that shows that, number one, you understand our rules. Number two, it's an extra deterrent against spam. So what you do is you add a reaction to that rules page. If you are on our Discord server, you haven't done that yet, I would ask that you do that soon because next week um, we'll basically lock the server down unless you actually react to that rules post. And how do you react to that rules post? Well, you click on the image of one of our new emoji of Sarah Yoshida. What do you think of those new emoji, Neff? I think they're very cute, and I'm going, hmm, I wish I was artistically talented. But I'm I'm the type of guy who's like, okay, if I can open a bag of milk and not slice my hand in the process, that's artistry enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you see that uh, – I'll post these here real quick. In our Twitch chat, we have these emoji, which were lovingly created by Morbid Heart Designs. Um, in Discord, we um, – teamed up with an artist from Poland actually who did three separate emojis for that so um, you can access those discord emoji in our discord server now um, so you can use that to react to any post um, also we've now given supporters the ability if they want to and if they follow the rules they can actually attach actual files or photos to um any of their posts so that's only for supporters so if you want to have that privilege uh you can go to about supporters in the discord chat and we have all sorts of instructions you can subscribe through twitch at a certain level you can subscribe to our podcast um and there are a couple of other ways too i think so be sure to read that uh, section in our discord server for more information uh, now, Neff, I was looking up uh, some of the news from Japan, and uh, I'm following, of course, right now the sumo tournament. Um, the sole leader right now is a Mongolian uh, sumo wrestler, an Ozeki named Terono Fuji, whom we've talked about in previous shows. He was the one who reached such a high rank and then had uh, injury issues. He fell all the way down to the almost bottom of the sumo ladder and after he recovered he slowly made his way back up and now he's at almost at the top of the sumo ladder now mm, that that shows dedication i mean it's very hard once you're near the top if you take that much of a tumble in any sport mm -hmm. to come back never mind a sport as physically demanding as sumo wrestling because i will say this it might look easy but sumo wrestling is not, by any means, an easy sport to do professionally. Mm -mm. And um, well, one of the interesting things that I saw from the r highlights from 
Uh, yesterday, uh, Tuesday highlights, um, was that uh, Teruno Fuji was facing off, I believe, against Myogiryu. And um, it's he seemed to have, uh, you know, taken Myogiryu by the back of the head and pushed him to the ground, which is a legal move. But then they looked at the video replay and saw that Teruno Fuji, whether it was inadvertent or not, grabbed his opponent's hair. Oops. Video replay strikes again, folks. So that is what's called a hansoku, or foul, and that is an automatic disqualification. So that is the only blemish right now to his so far uh, otherwise perfect record. He is actually gunning to try to win this tournament, and then uh, if he does that or does good in this tournament, regardless, then he'll be aiming for promotion to the highest level of Yokozuna, in which you are either expected to be in regular contention for the trophy, or you have to retire. Mm, because somebody in the chat room asks, I'm not sure I understand it, I believe, do they get ordered to retire, or do they get told, like, you're out? Well, if yeah, basically, they're, if it's really severe... Um, in any f- level of sumo, I believe, you can uh, receive a recommendation to retire. And when you get that, then you have to do the right thing and retire. Um, as far as Yokozuna is concerned, um, you are constantly judged by what's known as the Yokozuna Deliberation Committee, lay uh, Japanese people who review the performance of top wrestlers, including Yokozuna. And they can issue, um, I believe, the from most severe to less severe, um, you g- get a recommendation to retire. Um, the less severe for that is a warning, which they actually gave to one of the current Yokozuna right now, Hakuho, because he, he keeps sitting out due to injury. And then the least severe they can do is what's called um, gekire or encouragement. You are encouraged to do better or else we're going to make you retire, essentially. That's so polite. (laughs) I mean, in major North American sports, it's basically get out and we're not paying you to play anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Of course, if you're someone like, let's say, Albert Pujols, you just don't play at all for your current team. They get disgusted with you, and you get you know yourself shipped to another team. <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah. So it's Gekire, Chui, and Intai Kankoku in that order. So encouragement, warning, and recommendation to retire. Of the, of course, if you do something malicious, you know, like unbecoming of um, what you're expected as a normal person you can get a recommendation to retire at that point as well, which I believe has happened to a few lower-ranked wrestlers. Um, There have been some scandals in the last few years where some uh, wrestlers um, that rank below Yokozuna have been asked to retire. Was that anything to do with, um, shall we say, uh, illegal gambling? Um, Well, let's see. Oh, You're making me think there. Ten years ago, um, it's actually adjudicated 
it happened more or less around the time that the earthquake happened in Japan, the big earthquake from um, 10 years ago. So early part of 2011, there was a big uh, match-fixing scandal in Sumo. So that was pretty close. That's what I was thinking. That must have been what I was thinking of because I could remember something and I'm going, wait a minute, something gambling, fixing matches, something? Right. That's what it, that, must, that must have been what it was. Right. Um, the March 2011 tournament actually that year was canceled, not because of the earthquake, but because of the match-fixing scandal. Because, of course, if, the, if there's any idea that the matches are fixed and it's not the WWE, um, <laughs> then basically you, you lose the, con, the interest of the betters. Although, oddly enough, oddly enough, they have started allowing bets on WWE matches, including propositions. I'm going, what? You are encouraging gambling on a scripted sport? About to say. (laughs) No, that makes no logical sense. That's like leading the lambs to the slaughter, and the slaughter and the lambs are giving you the knife. Oh, no. Oh. I saw that. It was just like, whoa. It sounds like the only way you can really get around that is if you have like a nice little lottery machine uh, in the WWE production office. At the end of the match, you just draw a ball. And whatever it says, that's that's the end of the how you finish the match, basically. Well, the story is that Vince has literally called matches from the back, from the back office for years. Right. The, end, the endings of the matches. So... Now, as long as he nor nor his kin, the many kin he has, were to you know engage in such shenanigans, mm. I don't think there'd be a problem with it. But it would. St- but like I said, the whole fact that the, just, no, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'd rather go back to horse race betting than <laughs> bet on the WWE. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I say that because I'm going to bring this up because it has to be brought up. Bob Baffert. <laughs> This man, chutzpah, is his name. He's gotten to the point where New York State says, we don't want you around anymore. And I mean, by the time the New York State Racing Commission is saying, we don't want you around anymore, you have burned bridges and the ashes, you have basically atomized them. There's nothing left. And I'm like going... Just to correct you real quick, it's the Racing Association, not the Gaming Commission, but go on. Okay, sorry, I, I keep the nomenclatures keep mixing in my head. Yeah. But the, the, the point being, it's like, no. I mean, there has to be integrity in a sport where wagering and gambling is key to it, mm-hmm. right? Other sports like baseball and hockey, et cetera, wagering and gambling is there, yes. But it's not the principal means of entertainment. The actual sport is for longer, for a long period. Like a, a hockey game is 60 minutes plus whatever. Right, a horse race is two minutes or less. Right. So the gambling and the hype leading up to the race is more the product, or as much the product than the actual race itself. Mm-hmm. So that race had better be squeaky clean, or squeaky clean as you can manage. Well, um, and I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, I obviously, again, for reasons I explained last week, I can't delve into my opinion on this but uh interestingly that is uh, a good segue horse racing in general that is to some news about uh um a video game that i tried out and i stopped because i 
well, have more difficulty trying to figure out the Japanese. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that's the Masumi Pretty Pretty Derby game. Umamusume Pretty Derby. Yeah. The gacha game in Japan. Um, I read a, um, a news article from, uh, let me pull it up, uh, Otaku Baba um, from... It was compiled from reports over the last few weeks, I believe. But um, the people behind uh, Umamusume, the game, I believe, uh, said in a stream that they are going to soon release a Chinese and Korean version of the Umamusume Pretty Derby game and that an English version will be in the works but no news as to when any of those versions will be released. So you're left with a, a quandary. Figure out the Japanese and slog through that while playing a gotcha game where you can't buy, if, even if you wanted to, any of the dollars or energy or whatever to make the game go faster, better, what have you, mm -hmm. or wait out until there's an English version. Right. As much as I... Uh... Do my best to understand Japanese. I may have to wait for that because, uh, you know, Japanese can get a very, very complicated when you look at all the kanji and whatnot. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can read basic kanji, like maybe about six symbols reliably. <laughs> Everything else, I'm just going, hello, Mr. Google. How do I translate this? <laughs> um, I've studied Japan travel for so long that if you... Show me the kanji of a major Japanese city. I could probably figure it out. So, um, mm. I can read some of the other characters, like the um, like the hiragana, and some of the katakana as well, which is a lot easier to understand compared to the kanji. So, mm. now speaking of games, I don't know if you want to do this before the break or after. Mm. I started a new game today that's had an English localization based on one of the longer-running shonen anime. Um, this would be the My Hero Academia mobile game that started, released today. Ooh. Now, here, here's what they tried to do, okay? They, more, they say it's available, and it's available to download at what works out to 12 p.m. local time for me. Okay. I download it. Right. And it takes a bunch of time because it has to download a bunch of stuff. I mean, it got so slow on my phone, which means I may have to update my phone, that I went and just did it on my iPad, which is a much you know, bigger screen and easier for me to see. Right. So eventually it all gets done. Then I go through all the setup mechanics, agreeing and accepting, and, you know, yes, you can track me and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then I get to the point where it should launch, and it says, oh, by the way, the servers won't be live to play until 3 p.m. I'm like, okay, the only reason I didn't immediately fly into a rage is because I, real, I realized the reason why they did that. They were trying to avoid the servers getting slammed right when the game let out. I okay. see. However, I start the game at about 3.02. Can't get on a server. Can't get on a <laughs> server. Can't get on a server for about two minutes until it finally you know, let me on and I could start playing. Now, no spoilers, except to say that it might be worth your while to actually go through the tutorial, although, and you get coins if you actually go through it, versus um, the skipping it and just jumping in the action because it gives you a nice encapsulation mm -hmm. 
of a good chunk of the My Hero Academia mythos. Okay. And it's all English-voiced. So literally, they took lines that were already dubbed and just stuck them in the game, which is really convenient for them. Now, the art style varies from cell-shaded to 3D to hand-drawn, and some of it is very jarring. Deku's hair, for example, changes lengths about three times that I counted so far. And believe me, folks, if you're watching the stream, you know why I take notice of hair length changing three times in the space of about 30 minutes. Picky, huh? Yeah, I kind of noticed those things, okay? And for those of you uh, listening to the podcast later, basically the length the length of his hair Hmm. in the back goes from short to long to almost mullet in one in one of the scenes i think that's a hand-drawn scene okay and it's just like okay keep it on model spec people it really ruins the 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 immersion of the game when things like that pop out at you Mm -hmm. now I, i will say this the control system in some parts of the game very simple two three buttons max well, in this case, taps on a screen. Mm-hmm. But then there are screens where it gets a little bit more advanced because you have to move the character with a, a supplied uh, joystick, virtual joystick, while hitting the buttons and timing the attacks. And let me tell you, when you're trying not to get run over by the villain, trying to avoid running into anything that you shouldn't, including, you know, any potential hostages, etc., it gets chaotic real fast this sounds like a game i probably would fail at very very quickly (laughs) well seeing as how you have two fully functioning hands i think you'd do okay you just have to you just have to be willing to essentially realize that uh at some point you're gonna you're gonna be asked to do things that are the functional equivalent of square dancing while trying to bake a cake <laughs> it's gonna be difficult there's no way else to da- to say it yeah uh speaking of baking a cake i did see uh i did read up a little bit more what we talked about not too long ago um the fate stay uh cooking uh anime which is uh every day today's menu for emia family which is going to be released on nintendo switch in a few weeks so i'm very interested in possibly picking up that game and trying it out now, as far as I can remember, now I only watched the sub as it came out because I thought it was as cute as heck. Mm. I don't think they've ever dubbed this. So is this just simply going to be the original game with English subtitle localization? Let's see. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, I'm going to read the Crunchyroll article right now. Uh, the Mia family lets players step into the Abrams of Saber, Sakura, and then to slice and bake their way through a bunch of different recipes. Recipes from the original manga feature along with a bunch of exclusive story content. Um, in the Crunchyroll article, they don't say anything about audio. Mm. It could be if I read into it a little bit more. Well, then it's likely to be uh, the original Japanese with just uh, English subtitles, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd, just be, I'd just be curious because this would be one of those shows that I think might lose something if it's translated because part of the charm... Is like looking at it and going, okay. Watching the characters that you know trying to literally murder one another 
for for a cursed holy grail suddenly all you're all one big happy family cooking together kumbaya style <laughs> exactly like, like what that's a nice reprieve from the uh you know the general gist of the main story i guess well yeah yeah i was gonna say, that's what i say the main story in fate grand order or fate or the fate universe frankly is right we're all going after the holy grail cursed or not and we're just going to murder everybody who gets in our way there might be some side plots where we don't actually immediately murder them, but ultimately there can only be one winner. And 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 that's you know that's where uh, the everyday cooking everyday cooking you know with the Amelia that that's just nice. It's you know fun. It's fine. Yes, nice and that, calm. Plus the fact that Chu Chu Klanan turns out in the cooking anime into a loudmouth Irishman. With a penchant for drinking, which of course is the stereotypical Irishman. <laughs> Let's uh, take our quick commercial break here for our podcast listeners, because when we come back, we're going to have some more interesting news about the Tokyo Olympics, which is Neff's favorite subject to talk about lately. <laughs> that sound you heard was me thwacking my head with my hand folks so if you're listening on the podcast we will be back in a few minutes this is the extreme anime radio podcast extreme anime radio is now on discord Join our Discord server for the latest news and updates about the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Support the podcast through Anchor at the $4.99 level or higher and receive exclusive perks, including access to our dedicated Discord supporters channel. For links to everything XAR, including the Discord server and our homepage on Anchor, please visit our link tree, l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash anime radio. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. I'm JR. He is Neff. Thank you for joining us. Yes, Neff, uh, your favorite topic, the Tokyo Olympic Games. Uh, we've been hearing reports, um, I think, uh, today or yesterday, that um, all the volunteers at the Tokyo Olympics this year, which are only two months away now, are going to be subjected to daily COVID-19 testing. This comes a few days after one of the major doctors associations in Tokyo is calling for the cancellation of the games due to concerns about the virus. Okay, first of all, we'll talk about this, and then we'll bring up the Canadian angle on this. Mm. You're telling me that they're expecting the volunteers to get their brains tickled every day during the, these Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've only ever seen it done to somebody once, and I nearly fainted. <laughs> and it's a good thing I didn't because I was driving. I was behind the wheel of the vehicle. <laughs> it, was my, it was my passenger who got the you know the brain tickle. So it was like, oh, no, thank you. So I, I can't believe there would be that many people in Japan willing to happily, with a smile, you know, get their brain swapped for two and a half weeks. <laughs> I just, oh, 
You know, that very quickly, when I picked up my medication from the pharmacy today, you know what I saw? Over-the-counter COVID tests. Now, that's an interesting theory because I've heard that there are rapid, rapid tests that don't involve the brain swab. They involve something a little less invasive. Mm -hmm. So, okay, if it was something like that, like, for example, with, you know, spit or mucus, what have you, that wouldn't be so bad. But if they want to be absolutely sure, or sure as they could be, they'd be doing, you know, the brain swabs. Right. Or the brain tickles, I should say. So I, I just go, whoa, I just I just can't see that. Right. Now, you, you mentioned the Japanese doctors saying, hey, you know, this is insane. Right. The Japanese They're... doctors, um, um, a few weeks ago, I should say, uh, there was a national consortium of Japanese doctors who wanted the games canceled. Now these are just doctors based in Tokyo, a separate organization. So now you have two doctors' organizations in Japan calling for the cancellation. Yeah, and there are calls within Canada and within the Olympic Committee that are saying, this is kind of nuts. You know, because we see the situation in Japan. The situation in Canada isn't that great. I mean, vaccinations are happening, but, you know, numbers are still not great, you know. Sure, it's a month and a bit, you know, it's two months away, but still, I'm like, I got to be honest here. Despite the fact that the networks, both on our side of the border and your side, are pushing these games. And I mean to the point where if I'm watching the hockey game tonight, I will be assailed with at least half a dozen <laughs> ads an hour for Tokyo 2020. Okay. And half of them are drawn, and I'm guessing by Canadians, in a very distinct style that we all know and love, which to me is both jarring and kind of cute. But, but I'm finding myself going, look, folks, okay, I know we want the Olympics to go because you're the broadcasters, etc. But step back a bit. These are human lives we're talking about here. We're talking about a country that is grappling with a major health crisis. What's more important you know, do do we want sport and just walk away from any devastation that it causes in that country? Never mind the devastation you might bring back to your own country mm -hmm. or countries. Or do we say, you know what? We had to skip the Olympics once before, or actually a couple of times, at least once for World War II. And then we come back in 2024, faster, stronger, better. And we get Tokyo back in the rotation some point down the road that, that i think i would have to agree with you at that point as much as i've been kind of wishing that these tokyo olympics could happen they still could but i think um the fact that japan still doesn't seem to have the situation under control as a matter of fact there's another prefecture that is now requesting a state of emergency and um it's okinawa the islands uh the island chain south of the japanese mainland um, there's still a prefecture and they want to be added to the emergency declarations now. So now that's going to bring, that's got to be over 10 prefectures now under a state of emergency. Question to my mind though, and this is where the, the Olympic committee in Japan may be able to argue the point. Mm. How many of those prefectures actually will host Olympic activities? Because if the answer is most of them and that they are major events, then yeah, the party's over. Forget it. There's just no way. Give it up now before someone gets hurt. Right. But mm -hmm. if these events are not in those prefectures, mm -hmm. 
then I can see their argument going, wait a minute here. Right. It's other prefixtures. It's not the bad ones. But you're still maybe bringing it in from those other prefectures unless you're barring volunteers from those other prefectures from coming in. Mm -hmm. And are you going to have enough bodies if you do that? Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Um, I'm trying to look it up the, the section of coronavirus uh, here. And maybe this will tell me. Uh, ooh. Something else just came through the news wires as well about sumo but uh, let me look up uh the here it is okinawa is hit by record of infections right now uh i'm trying to see no it doesn't say there are many prefectures but tokyo is definitely under a state of emergency and so is hokkaido now they moved the marathon events to Sapporo in northern Japan due to um, temperature considerations. Well, then my arg then the argument I make is kind of weak, very weakened if it's only two uh, prefectures, unless the major unless a major chunk of the events are supposed to go on in those two prefectures. Mm -hmm. But from what you're from what you're saying, no. So maybe. But I'm still, I'm still going. That's a lot of resources for a country. Right now, I read their uh, gross domestic product mm -hmm. rank in the in the first quarter of, of this year, mm -hmm. an annualized five rank five point one percent compared to 2020. Okay, for a GDP, a gross domestic product, to shrink by that much, mm -hmm. it's a war or a natural disaster. Those are the only two reasons a gross domestic product of a country drops like that. I'm reading now that uh, one of the top-ranked sumo wrestlers, not Terano Fuji, but another one in the same rank, Asanoyama, is being forced to sit out the remainder of the Grand Sumo Tournament for violating COVID guidelines. Now, I'd be interested how, what kind of guidelines there would be for a sumo for a sumo contestant. Because, of course, we know what they would be normally mm -hmm. or what, what ha they have been, for example, for baseball, hockey, football. But sumo, that's because basically you're in you're in skin to skin contact during training. Mm -hmm. You're in skin to skin contact during the match. Mm hmm. You're eating ginormous amounts of food. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how do you manage to like, sanitize? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm sort of lost. So I read the Kyoto News article, which says that uh, a report in a uh, Shukan Bunshin, which I believe is a tabloid magazine in Japan, uh says that Asanoyama dined out with friends, or no, dined out with others prior to the tournament um, when association members were under orders to stay home. Oh, okay, that would do it. Because that's how some baseball players got nailed, if you oh, recall, yeah. mm. in the early days of 2020, when the, the 2020 season began, the shortened season. Right. They basically were supposed to, you know, don't eat with people. 
stay in your hotel rooms, blah, blah, blah. But there were a few players that said, you know, screw this crap. I make millions of dollars. I can do what I want mm-hmm. without realizing that, yeah, you catch it great. You're, you're a millionaire. You don't care. Right. Well, what about your family? What about the player next to you? What about the player next to you's family, et cetera? And that's the, that's the insidious thing about this virus, folks. And I, I keep going off on this tangent, especially with the more virulent variants we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. The one that's been identified in India, of course, being the one now that's of major concern, right. quickly overtook the one in Britain. Right. Um, I uh, know that's a very bad situation over there in India right now. But, mm. uh, Although I, I will say this, uh, Britain at least has gotten to the point where they are starting to open things up again, including, and I've been watching uh, some English Premier League matches, uh, football or soccer, if you're American, right. and they've had some some fans in the stands of significant numbers, mm-hmm. and it really makes a difference. It's like I've been watching the Americans uh, as they their playoffs started early for hockey, and some of their buildings have had substantial numbers of fans, and yeah, it makes a big difference over absolute you know stony silence other than what's on the ice. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you don't get to hear all the extra little words that get exchanged. <laughs> Some of which, you know, when it was happening in Britain and, you know, there was nobody in the stands, they were saying, we apologize for any inadvertent behavior you may have heard. <laughs> and when the Brit- and when the British do that, you know, it's completely like on the level with them, even as, as their players are saying these horrible, horrible things to one another. Maybe. And to the referee, of course. Yes. And that's when we switch to rugby. <laughs> well, rugby itself, I mean, I've watched a bit because I know they went to full capacity in Australia. Oh, yeah. I don't think Australia has had too many restrictions uh, aside from like the like the, you know, the short lockdowns at a time. Right. Yeah. They Well, they, they're an island. They can basically say you don't come in here, which is right. basically what they did. Right. So they're at the point now where, yeah, they've got full full rugby stadiums again. And, you know, if you've never seen a more joyous crowd, watch Australian rules football, Australian rules football or rugby. And dear God, those people are maniacs. Oh, yes. That's one thing on my bucket list to go to one of those matches just to just to watch the carnival like atmosphere of what essentially is a regular match. Right. Not a, not a championship, not a division playoff, anything like that. Just a regular match, and uh, those those fields are so big. They they played on you know they use a, a stadiums and arenas that double AFL and cricket basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing because sometimes when I'm you know insomniac and I can't sleep due to heat, <clears throat> I, you know I sometimes catch them because our broadcasters you know needing content will buy the rights to play live matches mm. so you, like i said you just sit there at two in the morning watching this stuff going why not <laughs> we used we used to have crowds like that we used to have you know fans you know trying to strangle each other in the stands for no apparent reason <laughs> i think i have to go back to uh watching some of that there was a um there's a youtube video that leaked uh with regards to how to referee an afl match Okay, I, I'm sorry. The first thing, if you want to referee an AFL match, make sure your will is in order. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, but no, you need nine nine referees because the pitch is so big. An AFL field is so big, you need nine referees. You need uh, 
it's a three field umpires who run around with the players and play four boundary umpires to you know rule about balls that go out of bounds and then you have two goal umpires who basically wave their fingers when there's a goal and this is on a field you know a very very large field yes meanwhile take a sport like ice hockey Mm -hmm. a rink that is 180 by 85 Uh which is a small which is a smaller rink right you have two referees two linesmen you have a video goal judge you have a war room in toronto (laughs) and you have you know several timekeepers for the for the penalty boxes wow (laughs) how an afl match even gets off when you consider how over officiated ours are yeah it's just wow and if a linesman referee goes down, there are no replacements. That's true, too. Then they got to switch their mechanics up. Well, to be fair, there aren't replacement referees in a lot of sports. If somebody goes down, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they have to sort of rejig things. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we get the Sar- – no, Flax. Can we get the Saras to play Australian rules? No. I don't think they'd be interested in that. And moving they... on. Oh. Yes. And somebody somebody asks me somebody asks me directly in the channel, uh, who do you think uh, for the Stanley Cup this year? Will it be the Vegas Golden Knights? Um, you know what? They're a nice story, but they only go as far as their goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury, takes them. Mm-hmm. And he's much older than the last time they did this. You know, so I'm thinking they'll get to the conference final. Mm-hmm. But that's as far as they go. Yeah. Like they'll they'll get to their you know, but I, I just don't see them doing that. You know, right? It's right. like the Maple Leafs. I think they get out of the North. They'll be battered. They'll be bruised. And in the next round, I'm going to use expression that most people who watch Isekai anime know. Truck kun is coming. Uh-oh. Wham. <laughs> I know the only thing that you uh, you care about at this rate, and this will be our last thought before we wrap up. Uh, what what I called before we started the show tonight as the battle of the border. Indeed, that's going to be interesting because there still isn't a plan about what happens when the northern champion is is crowned. So it's a question of how how are they how is the northern champion going to play. There's been talk of maybe the government relaxes things for this one time, uh-huh. or they have to find a place in the U.S. to play. Mm. The irony gods are suggesting that place to be Buffalo, the land of hockey sadness. <laughs> if Toronto ends up being the Northern Division champion and plays in Buffalo, the land of Nor- of hockey sadness. That will be the only time that franchise's fans in Buffalo can go to their arena and see a winner because the Buffalo Sabres have forgotten how to play hockey. (laughs) Just absolutely forgotten. Now, someone else in the channel uh, again asks, do I think the Tampa Bay Lightning? I think they very could well. I think they very could well repeat. 
because I watched them play Florida. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been a hockey game. Those have been executions. <laughs> or a, you're going up against the, the leader in your division. You should at least have trouble. No. They are taking Florida apart. And you'll see by game three, Florida might try, might try to stir the pot a little bit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But the minute Tampa Bay gets that first goal, they're going to fold like a cheap suitcase. Yeah, when I when I was mentioning, by the way, um, Battle of the Borders, yeah, I, I meant uh, the the matchups between uh, the Leaves and the Habs and the border. Oh, no, 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 no. You meant a different border. You have to be very specific. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that particular border is the Ontario Quebec border. Yes, aka the danger zone. Yes. Because I've been talking trash now with Hab fans for the last number of days. Mm-hmm. And we start out polite. And then we start throwing out the memes. They start throwing out 1967. We throw out 1993, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so it's like, okay, no, you want to play, you don't want, you want to throw, throw rocks. We have just many rocks to throw back. Right. But no. Speaking uh, of throwing rocks, yeah. quickly, um, quick anecdote because Kerry Price, their star goaltender who hasn't played in like a month and a half uh-huh. because of a concussion he sustained, sustained right. during a game. Uh, was seen at practice today. He had two soft ones go by him, looked at his goalie stick, and decided he didn't need it anymore. <laughs> he gave it a two-handed whack against the goalpost and rendered it an ungoalie stick. Mm. So that's not one he's going to be using for the playoffs. <laughs> well, they have a big budget for those. You know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, $350 US, they're like, we don't care. <laughs> but I'm going carry. You could hurt your hands doing that. Ding dong. Uh, we've turned to a sports pa- uh, podcast, apparently. So before things get any worse, we're going to go and, and get set for our Jackbox gaming tonight with Kesho Cho, the defending champion, who I hope is still lurking in the chat. Uh, but we're going to be getting set up for that in a few minutes. And, uh, I will let uh I'm gonna let her if she's in the chat uh propose a game for us to play tonight and see if we'll go along with that. So while we wait on her I'm losing my voice. While we wait on her and everybody else, uh we will go to the closing commentary. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments or complaints about this podcast or Twitch stream or anything else you find out about Extreme Anime Radio, drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. You can get links to our social media pages at linktree, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash anime radio. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash anime radio for archived versions of these podcasts. And our social media pages are Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the Discord server, and of course, YouTube. And we've uh, posted today the uh, Ballet Cosplay Safety video with uh, one of the newest cosplayers, Tori, um, which has gone up and received some uh, great reviews. Um, and we'll have one with... There goes my mic. That's nice. My mic just... <laughs> my mic just got dislodged from the stand. Okay, so your mic decided to take a trip and have a nice fall. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just I'll just finish the show off like this. I don't care. Um so um what was I saying? Oh, um 
we have a new um, Ballet Cosplay Safety video, a Dearly Cosplay, coming up uh, this week, which is going to be released for early access. Um, so we'll be posting about that on our um, Discord to our supporters in um, the uh, Discord server. So, again, another reason for you to join Extreme Anime Radio on uh, Discord and join us as a supporter. Find out all the details uh, by going to our Discord server and looking up the uh, information about uh, XAR um, supporters or about supporters. Um, Attack of the Killer Mike. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, I do want to point out um, before I go and before I put everything back together. Um, we'll be back with the uh, Extreme Anime Radio podcast next Wednesday. Uh, but after next Wednesday, the podcast will be going on hiatus for two weeks uh, because of one week being the most important week of work at my job and the following week being away for a few days. So um, after next week, um, there'll be a two-week hiatus, and we'll return three weeks after that. We'll post all of the information on our Discord and our social media outlets as usual. Okay, Neff, uh, well, that will conclude our show. Um, I have to put this uh, back in its place. So while I do <laughs> that, everybody else, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and remember... Keep on looking out for the Extreme Mario podcast, and don't forget to check out our Twitch streams. And don't forget, for Extreme Anime Radio... Gaming in a few minutes while JR puts himself back together. (laughs) Good night, folks. (laughs) For those of you listening on the podcast, we will see you next time. (laughs) 